Quiet Tribe, where you at? I hope you're ready, rising from the ashes and it's getting heavy Conspiracies, we got plenty and some are scary From aliens to Bigfoot, extraordinary, yeah, yeah Danunaki Dan and the homie Romy I was bugging out, all the crazy things he showed me Jesus bloodlines to the stars in the skies Always a good time, vibing with the fire tribe Hey, So wake up, wake up, get it cracking Rise out the ashes, I know you got a passion Kick off the combo with theories, many conspiracies Other dimensions, plenty ancient history Fire tribe, where you at? Wake up we about to get into it I know you can't get enough At home, at work It don't matter, turn it up Rising from the ashes You know what's up, hey. uh, Rising from the ashes Hello, everybody And welcome to Rising From the ashes I'm Danny Naki Dan and I'm the homie Romy. How's it going? What's good in the hood, homie? I am scratching the back of a gorilla right now. Oh, all right. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat, bro. Hey, man, I float boats of coconut goats. You're a master of words. <laughs> it's true. I articulate well. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so today we got Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. The we're bump. talking about cryptids. 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 Yeah, cryptids. Man. Like, took, wait, <laughs> what's what a, is it? What, what's a cryptid, Dan? A cryptid is a, a a usual animal or species of something that isn't necessarily recognized as a species but people have sightings of them it's like a hidden hidden animal an easter egg animal oh easter egg animal yeah like Loch Ness monster bigfoot uh, mothman new jersey devil um goblins all cryptids leprechauns fairies cryptids cryptids but not deities. N- no. Jesus sure? is not a cryptid. What about ancient, like, Mesoamerican gods? No, I don't think so. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to go somewhere with that or what? Well, yeah. You're, I was hoping you were going to ask me what my favorite is, and I had a thought. I, I thought I had an answer. I was going to. Yeah. What is your favorite cryptid? I think... Uh, n- nostalgically is going to be Loch Ness Monster. Okay. You know, nostalgically Nelly, right? Yeah. Is amazing. Um, but I think from what I know um, about cryptids is like, okay, the platypus, man. <laughs> the platypus a cryptid? It's got to be. Uh, it doesn't exist. The silverback does it? gorilla was a was an unknown species up until uh, the 20th century. Really? Yeah. When was the platypus discovered? I don't know. I'm not sure. Interesting. But I do got a big old list of cryptids. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for my for my segment today. Yeah. yeah. What about the Kraken? Yeah. Kraken, yeah, the Kraken would be a cryptid. Giant squid, giant octopus. 
faux show. Oh, how about the Ahuls, man? I don't know about them. You'll have man, to tell me Ahul- about those. <laughs> Dude, the Ahul- okay, okay. So I wanted to do Camazots, right? Camazots are okay. this South American. Uh, Batman. Batman god, right? And because I was like, yeah. oh, but you said no gods. But the Ahuls are enormous carnivorous bats that are said to inhabit the okay. rainforest of Java, Indonesia. Yeah. Um, they're, they have a, uh, they're believed to have a wingspan in excess of 10 feet, making them the same size as a condor. Ahuls are said to be covered in thick brown or black fur, like fruit bats, but unlike bats, um, have long, powerful legs and claws and are supposedly capable of pouncing and snatching up live prey, including humans, if the stories are too believed from an open ground. Um, apparently sightings of owls are often dismissed simply by mistaken glimpses of owls or eagles or other large birds of praise that inhabit the same rainforest. But some sources claim that creatures do indeed exist and may even be isolated as yet undiscovered species from descended pterosaurs, which they just lost me on that. Pterosaurs. Hmm. Yeah, because I don't necessarily know about the whole dinosaur situation. There's a, yeah, there is like a dinosaur one in the Congo. Huh. What's this? It's called, uh, I'll get it for you. It's it's on the tip of my tongue right now. Mokele Mbembe. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But uh, let's get into some of that uh, RFTA news. RFTA news. 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 (laughs) (laughs) What you got for us today, homie? Welp, my friends, because I don't know if you heard in the last episode, but man, I am just doing such grueling, backbreaking work. I'm so tired and exhausted. And how am I keeping myself mineralized after depleting myself and my body from all of the nutrients and minerals that I need? Oh, yeah, that's right. I Tell so- us, Karen, what do you need? <laughs> I need to soak my sweet, sweaty boy parts, uh, my entire body, my boy, feet, my, I hope <laughs> no, my, my entire body. I'm going to soak oh. in a bath. And as you will all find out, the deep history of soaking goes farther back than what you probably thought. And it has an esoteric history, which means, you know, I love it. But um, we also are having a guest on um, soon who will tell us all about magnesium. Uh, And he has a great show where he connects um, just ancient mineral connections and, and how ancient societies built their 
um, their communities and societies around mineral springs and around and use certain, you know, uh, uh, building supplies that had heavy minerals in it, like sawstone, like limestone, like all these things have heavy magnesium in it or, you know, different types of chloride and really important minerals in our body. And it's, you know, seemingly that these ancient cultures knew about these properties. Um, and so today I have a sweet story about one of the oldest spas and springs um, and where Epsom uh, basically was founded and where you hear Epsom salt comes from Epsom, England. Ooh. And I will be um, reading an article uh, called The Waters of Ool up to 1700 by Dr. Bruce E. Osborne. <sighs> These first two chapters focus on the early origins of the spa healing movement in the ancient Roman and later Italian Renaissance cultures. The impact of practices and beliefs is then traced to England with special reference to Epsom and Ool and the building of non-such palace by Henry VIII. The hypothesis is that the early post-Renaissance bathing establishment, what we would later call a spa, was established at Ool. Subsequently, new ideas on the efficiency of mineralized waters, particularly drinking, led to the demise of the Tudor tradition, and this in turn heralded the advent of spa healing as became established in the 1700s and later. The idea that Ool was on the focus of the Tudor Renaissance revival of the classical Balnea in Britain places a new emphasis on the interpretation of the history of the village and its associated place, or associated palace, Nonsuch, which I'm going to comment is an interesting name for a palace, Nonsuch, pretty, pretty chic. The early history of the exploitation of mineralized waters in the Epsom region and elsewhere is speculative. In the early 17th century, the discovery of Epsom waters are the subject of folklore, which will be considered further in due course. Before 1600, however, there was no apparent record of mineral water exploitation in the manner associated with the later era. This is not to say that exploitation did not take place. What happened was that early exploitation had significantly different characteristics to that of the spa era after 1600. It is therefore necessary to seek evidence on a broader front to understand how and why the waters were used before 1600. In order to provide structure to any debate on the origins of Epsom mineral water exploitation and their three research areas, which potentially provides insights, the first of these is the development of bathing during the Roman occupation of Britain up to about 400 AD, an activity which integrated in the earlier Celtic beliefs and practices. Later, during Saxton times, it is apparent that the application of mineral waters degenerated into localized practice based on custom and the use of holy wells associated with saints. It is not until the late medieval period that new initiatives appear, providing a second area worth of scrutiny. And the third and final area justifying attention and the inspirational source for the post-1600 spas, upon which, was the, which the great spas of England were created. 
Now, first, it is necessary to consider the Roman practice of bathing in bathhouses up to 400 AD and any relevance that it may have to the Epsom region. Nearby Asthead, the adjacent to the Roman Stain Street, had a significant Roman villa with a bathhouse, and this was located to the north of the present village in Mineralized Spring, with Epsom salts, existed in the immediate vicinity. The bath building compromised or oh, the bath building comprised a circular sudatorium or lacon uh, laconicium <laughs> 15 to 20 foot internal diameter <laughs> this would have been the original hot chamber however later modifications suggest that two rooms were heated in its final form the establishment would have represented an essentially private bathing facility but usage would have extended to slaves, servants, and others associated with the villa. In fact, many of the local populace, such a bathing facility was necessary for the Roman lifestyle to ensure relief amongst other things, lead poisoning, which were from which they certainly suffered. Albeit undiagnosed at the time, are there indications of other spa facilities locally and from the Roman area? Hard evidence is not available. However, it is possible to speculate based on minimal evidence locally and from other spas such as Bath and the imaginative and sometimes fanciful writings of the Welsh chronicler Geoffrey of Monmouth. His 12th century accounts proposes that the blotted built Keberdals now bath. This is from the later England of Bladud that this was elaborated. The debatable legendary beginnings are qualified by substantiated facts linked with the Roman development of bath thermal waters. Aque solis, the ancient designation for bath, resulted from a merging Celtic and Roman reverence for the hot springs. Roman mythology and celebration of waters integrated from the native culture of sacred wells, giving the conjoint appointment, combining the Celtic deity, Sol, with the Latin term for waters. And in the case of the adjacent temple, the integration went further. Here, the Roman goddess Minerva becomes Solus Minerva. A similar argument can be applied to Buxton, known as Aquae Arnamentiae. There are some weak evidence to suggest that the merging of Celtic and Roman water cultures also took place in Surrey. Prior to the reemergence of healing by water and medieval times, the earliest celebrated local springs would have been nearby Ool. Epsom itself appears to have had no celebrated springs before 1600. And until their discovery, Ool was the premier community. Extensive Iron Age and Romano-British remains at Ool two miles north of Epsom, testify to the importance of the settlement, in particular during the restoration of the Bourne Hall Lake and associated springs during the winter of 1996-97, a local museum staff recovered considerable quantities of artifacts. These range from the Iron Age, Roman and Saxon coins and brooches, and late Bronze Age axe head, and such finds testify to the longevity of Ool and to be the possible sacred worship or reverence of the springs as objects were cast into the waters as gestures to the gods. Other discoveries elsewhere in the locality have included a Roman flue tile, 
perhaps from a furnace flue or for a bathhouse. Archaeological, archaeological evidence found in 1847 proposes possibly eight Romano sacred wells or shafts in the locally, locality of the pit house in the Stainway house. Human cremated remains are carefully placed. Animal bones in the wells suggests a hollowed reuse of what may be old water sources, although the presence of an issue nearby questions the digging up of wells to 37 feet deep. Ratu interprets such deposits as ritualistic. The well shaft was a symbolically gate was symbolic gateway to the underworld, and rites had to be performed for the shaft was abandoned or abused. Other finds include a four meter shaft adjacent to the Ool bypass dug by treasure hunters. Orton, in 1997, observes that wells or shafts of the Roman period are a regular feature in Ool. Ool's arcology. Archaeology. <laughs> this is all suggestive to that the settlement of Ool was located in Stain Street and could have been the place of the Roman bathing and a related other related water activity. This nature of the celebration would combine the more esoteric values of the Celtic mythology with the Roman preoccupation. With bathing for social and health reasons, it would have been significantly different type of experience and practice that associated with the much later spas of the 17th century and thereafter. I'm going to leave it at that because it goes on more. Um, but this kind of just brings me back to this, this, you know, this, this point, man, is ancient cultures would flock to these bathings. And they would flock to mineral waters and mineralized springs, and they knew the importance of it. So why do we not? Why do we not soak? Because we are royal, and we shall, and we deserve it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, people do, though. People go to mineral springs. They do. They do. Yeah. They I'm do. so glad you do. They do. I mean, maybe not enough people. Maybe more people should. but Or maybe more frequently, huh? How about that? Yes. Yes. It's like, um, you know, like a, a community joining thing as opposed to this spa where, you know, you have to pay a bunch of money to go because it's, it's you know, it's this bougie yeah. kind of cliche thing. But it's really, it's, it, they even would let the slaves go in there. You know, and the workers. Yeah. This this is something that is part of the human experience is soaking and, and being in water. And water is life. I believe that. So, Healing you know, health. I just want to remind people to, even if it's in your bathtub, soak it up. Soak it up. Soak it up. Well, thank you. I hope people soak up this information. <laughs> we'll post the... <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll send you the link and you can put it in the show notes. All right, we'll do. Uh, so I got some cryptids for you, some different ones, cryptids, and some of the same ones that we talked about. This is a an article called "A Guide to the Spooky, Scary, Secret Monsters of Every State" by the. All A W L October 31st, 2012 by John Wentz. Here you will find a field guide 
to the werewolves, lake monsters, vampires, swamp people, and space brains that pollute these 50 states. Because here, there be monsters. And over there, too. In fact, there be monsters in just about every state, except for Delaware and Kansas, maybe. Some states have an embarrassment of monsters to choose from. And in the case of Florida, well... But with a couple exceptions, I try to confine this guide to just one monster per state. My credentials, enormous amounts of time spent as a kid in the library ingesting every book about UFOs, the paranormal, cryptozoology, haunted houses, and every other piece of X-Files plot fodder I could lay hands on. So read on to see what your home state has to offer the world in terms of things that go bump in the night, if you dare. Alabama. How about a gigantic wild boar weighing upwards of 1,000 pounds? What? How about Alaska? What? And the monster Kushtaka? What? Which is a were otter. Whoa. As in a person who transforms into an otter. I'll read a little <laughs> bit of story about this one. Well, stories of the Wahile, giant wolves that might be descendants of the species of prehistoric bear dogs, persist in the mythos of Alaska. Those of us who were bored to within an inch of our life by the Liam Neeson movie The Gray might let out a slowly steady yawn. I mean, sure, you can enjoy a legend of prehistoric wolf creatures if you wish, or you can have a person who shapeshifts into an otter, a supernatural otter. Are you afraid yet? If you're a sailor in distress, you maybe should be. Depending Ooh. on its mood, a kushtaka might aid a sailor or drown him. Sounds kind of like a siren, doesn't it? The creature can mimic human voices while an otter form and thus for good or ill can lull the drowning by imitating the voices of their loved ones if a kushtaka decides Damn. to save you Damn. it will transform you into one of its own so that you can now a supernatural otter yourself <gasps> swim to safety now can you prehistoric bear dog do that <laughs> In Arizona, we have a Mongolian monster, a seven-foot-tall Bigfoot-like creature with bad B.O. I'm pretty sure all Bigfoots have bad B.O. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't Arkansas. Judgmental of the, 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 the Squatch odor, my brother? Well, usually they uh, talk about an odor. Uh, oh, shit. That's when right. When people see Bigfoot or That's like, a like big the skunk smell. ape, too, you know. Yeah, uh, so Arkansas is the Fook monster, Falk monster. It's a seven-foot Sasquatch who smells really, really bad. Oh, I just did that, huh? California, the space brain. Large. It's a large bluish creature that resembles human brains. Surrounded by a hazy aura of mist. I've never heard this one before. 
So I'm going to read a little bit of the story that goes along with it. It says, two young men getting into their car one night in Palos Verdes, California, were understandably startled to turn on their headlights and see two brains glowing in the middle of the road. At least one of the brains had a large eye in the middle of its uh, brain head thing. They quickly sped away from their strange sighting. One man, John Hodges, dropping the other, Peter Rodriguez, off at his house just before Hodges returned to his own home. The only trick, two hours had gone missing from that night. When Hodges underwent hypnosis years later, his story of what happened that night became significantly more exciting when it was revealed that he returned home to find the brains waiting for him. Ooh, that's creepy. Uh, Here we go, Colorado. The Slide Rock Bolter. It's a tourist-eating land whale. Whoa. In the steepest mountains, it waits. The fierce. It's called the Slide Rock Bolter. In the steepest mountains, it waits. The fearsome Slide Rock Bolter, whose entire reason for being seems to be to eat tourists. It greatly resembles a well with adaptations to its tail to enable grasping to rocks. When it spots its prey, it unhooks its tail from the mountain peak perch, slides belly down the mountainside, and eats the tourist hole. In shades of Yosemite Sam, some of the tall tales say that people have tried to catch the creature by rigging up a scarecrow with dynamite. Though largely the stuff of campfire jokes, modern analogs do exist. Connecticut. The Melonheads. It's a diminutive human with a gigantic head, bulbous eyes, long limbs, and a small torso. Delaware. <laughs> it says I got nothing. <laughs> Florida. They don't need made-up ones because Florida, the gist, in a state like Florida where alligators can be in your backyards, feral colonies of monkeys have become an invasive species and giant snakes are like a thing and not an urban legend. It seems like there's virtually no need for cryptids. I asked a Florida resident for his own sake, and his boring answer, sorry, Grant, was that the skunk ape was basically Florida's thing. But let's face it, smelly, feral hominids are only fun in theory, but not really what we call interesting. Uh, Florida has a bunch, and when we talk to Bo, he talks about a bunch of different ones from Florida, so... Uh, um, Georgia, the Altamaha Ha, a 20 foot long serpent that lives at the mouth of the Altamaha River. We can imagine what that looks like. Oh, here we go. In Hawaii, we have the Menahuni. And when we talk to Navier Alora. Later this month, uh, we get into a discussion about the Minahune. And um, they are mischievous six-inch 
to two foot tall people who roam the forest at night. And she has uh, some stories for us. So (laughs) in Idaho, the bear Lake monster, it's an alligator with flaming red eyes. Ooh, Illinois, the Tuttle Bottoms monster. It's a hairy man-sized anteater looking creature. The story behind this is, so we've already established that most ape-like creature stories are roughly the same. Namely, they're mostly about how awful the monster smells and that it's like a giant, hairy, bigfooty thing that leaves big, weird footprints in the story. But sometimes you get a real out-of-left-field creature account that starts out sounding like it's about another Bigfoot, then abruptly shifts to something way weirder. How weird? Long-snouted, ant-eaterish, ape-man weird. The reports of the Turtle Bottoms monster became, began cropping up in southern Illinois in the early 60s. The monster was something large and hairy with a long snout. Some people said it looked like a giant ant-eater. Others said a deformed bear. In some cases, it was claimed to be bipedal, leading some to by hi- hypothesize that it might be a primate. Which is all right, as escaped anteater just isn't a sexy story. Indiana, we have the green clawed beast. Neither witness got a good look, but all the illustrations basically look like the Gill Man from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, Iowa, we have the monster turtle of Big Blue. It's a gigantic snapping turtle. Um, Kentucky, we got hobbits and the Hopkinsville goblins, Louisiana, Rogarua, Rugaro, R-O-U-G-A-R-O-U, Rugaru, Rugaru, yeah, nocturnal wear creatures, most often taking a wolfish shape. So kind of like Where? a werewolf canine that was in um wolf Louisiana. Where? Louisiana Louisiana wolf. is another place. <laughs> Where? Where? The warehouse. Wolf. Oh, the werewolf house. <laughs> Honey, I got uh, to Maine. In Maine we have the Maine mystery beast. It's Probably just a dog. Um, in Maryland, we have the goat man being Ooh. a goat. And wait for it, a man, too. Oh! Yeah. The goat man. Goat man. Somebody got your goat? Man. Uh, in Massachusetts, we have the Dover demon. A large bulbous head with orange eyes and no mouth or nose. Long limbs with long fingers fleshy sandpaper textured skin sounds kind of like a gray alien michigan we have the michigan dog man a man's body with a dog's head in minnesota we got the wendigo a spirit that's more often uh a spirit a spirit that's more than 15 feet tall with glowing eyes long yellow fangs long tongue 
like beyond Gene Simmons' tongue and yellowish skin. The Wendigo. Mississippi. Uh, we have the Pascagoula aliens. Five foot tall, wrinkly creatures with carrot like protrusions around the ear and nose area. And pinchers for hands. And fused legs. Fucking weird. Weird. Sorry. We got dragons. Um, large flying serpents. Yeah. Montana. Flathead Lake Monster, measuring between 20 to 40 feet and eel-like. In Nebraska, we have the Phantom Kangaroo. It's What the fuck? <laughs> like a ghostly kangaroo. In Nevada, we have Tahoe Tessie, a boring lake monster. Snooze, it's a monster in a lake. Hey, man, New that Hampshire. stuff's cool, man. New Hampshire, we have Aliens, the very first abduction story uh, from Betty and Barney Hill. Um, was the first story of Aliens. That's um, the coolest thing I've ever heard New in my Jersey, life. We got the Jersey Devil, head oh, of a boy. horse, wings of a bat, forked tail, and hoofed goat feet. Yummy. Gonna eat some of that. That's lunch. Yummy. Um, (laughs) Sunset on the back. In New Mexico, we got the Spring-Heeled Jack. And we talk a little bit about this in the show. In New York, we got Montauk Monster. Talk a little bit about that, too. That's Oh, that's what washed up on the bay, huh? Yeah. And North Kakalaki, we got the North Carolina sewer monster. It's probably a big old lump of turds. The story is like so, like sewer monster sounds like a good lead up to a poop joke, right? Well, it may have been in the past, but we're talking about the future now. The future is now, in fact, where a North Carolina sewer monster means some weird, gross, slimy thing pulsating on camera and private sewer system in Raleigh, the internet was a buzz. Was this our new slime mold overlord? Aliens? Worms? It was probably worms or some other sadly terrestrial thing. In North Dakota, we got the Patorosaur. It's a Thunderbird. Oh, it's a six, modern day, six, like six, a pterodactyl looking thing. Ohio, exactly. we got the Loveland Frog. It's a three-foot-tall froggish humanoid. We also oh. talk about this in the show. In Oklahoma, we have the Oklahoma Octopus. It's a freshwater octopus. No. Yeah. In Oregon, what do we got in Oregon, Roman? Any guess? Hipsters. <laughs> No, you see them everywhere. They're not that hidden. <laughs> oh. Uh, in oh, Oregon, yeah. <laughs> we have Colossal Claude, a furry, <gasps> long-necked sea creature with oh. a camel-like face. 
Where the Colombian River meets the Pacific Ocean, Colossal Claude lives. He's said to be a long sea serpent with a little mammal thrown in for good measure. He doesn't seem to do much of anything beyond exist, but the idea of a 40-foot mammalian eel with a camel's head is too great not to mention. Pennsylvania, the Green Man. A roaming man with a face puffing cigarette smoke out the side of his cheeks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In Rhode Island, we have Mercy Brown, the corpse of a young girl killed by TB that never decomposes. So a vampire, more or less? Yeah, this one's a little weird. The story of this is the Brown family of Exeter, Rhode Island, were dropping off one by one from tuberculosis. George Brown had watched his wife and two daughters die from consumption, and the disease was rapidly taking his son as well. As young Edwin Brown grew ill, the townspeople convinced Brown that there was only one logical cause for his misfortune. One of the other dead family members was a vampire who was turning Edwin into a vampire as well. So they dug up all three of the deceased, Mother Mary Brown and daughter Mary Olive Brown, showed the normal rot associated with corpses which makes sense because they had died some time before but mercy only two months dead showed no signs of decomposition at the end of winter in the northeast and there was still blood in her heart instead of the traditional stake through the heart the villagers ripped the heart from the chest cavity burned it and fed the ashes to edwin who totally still died of TB anyway. We'll call this round of man versus vampire a tie. In South Carolina, we have the lizard man of scape or swamp. Uh, Guess what? It's a giant lizard man with green scaly skin. Yeah, I know. That's um, me. That's who I am. (laughs) In South Dakota, we have... Taku he. Uh he's kind of like a Bigfoot. On uh, Tennessee, we got the Bell Witch. An incorporal malevolent spirit most active in the 19th century. The Bell Witch. Bell Witch. In Texas, we have the black eyed children. These yeah, creepy go. little fucks. With odd mannerisms <laughs> and completely black eyes. <laughs> uh, you've heard of the black-eyed children, yes? Uh, uh, Have you? Only ones that I've uh, seen. Oh, okay. Well. I've seen the black-eyed um, children. What state was that in? California? No. That was in uh, Texas. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> does it okay sure in utah <laughs> uh pretty much anything at skinwalker ranch for utah is what it says um and yeah i'd have to agree with them in vermont we got champ long serpent like body or maybe it's just a neck of a plesiosaur champ 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 you the champ in Virginia, we got the Bunny Man, a man in bunny a bunny man. suit wielding an axe. 
suburban right. D.C. is already a really weird place, basically because it's near Washington, D.C., and because Washington, D.C. is terrible. But in 1970, things got really weird. Now, for some people, a monster is, by definition, an inhuman beast. Removed from the bloodline for others, the greatest monster is something closer to a Ted Bundy. But sometimes the two paths come together to form an absolutely terrifying amalgam of the very human and the very not human. Like, for example, somebody dressing up in a rabbit costume and chasing people with an axe. In Washington, we got the Bat Squatch. Do I really have to spell it out for you? It's a fucking Bat Squatch. A flying Bat Squatch. A flying West Virginia, we got the Mothman. A large man with wings and red eyes. Wisconsin, we got the Beast of Bray Road. Well, it's neither a giant bear, a giant wolf, or a Sasquatch. Just to piece things up, we'll say it's all three. Wyoming, we got the San Pedro Mountains mummy. It's like a human, but much, much, much smaller. It's not really a monster because it's dead and not coming back to life. But in 1932, two prospectors made an incredible find. The mummified remains of a seemingly full-grown adult human who just happened to be slightly more than a foot tall. The mummy was found sitting up with his legs crossed. Some immediately cried hoax, but others were reminded of the Nimmergar, a Shoshone legend of hostile miniature humans. Still others thought the mummy might be a specimen of another brand of hostile miniature humans known colloquially as children. We'll never know the true answers as the mummy nicknamed Pedro disappeared in the 1950s. And that's all I got for you today, my lovely humans. Wow. That's so, so cool. Let's get you got anything to add? I got all I got to add is did you see that cryptid that was in my toilet this morning? Oh. Yeah, I think I described that one, that turd one. Yeah. <laughs> that wormy turd. So here we go, humans. We got Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast the bump. talking about cryptids. cryptids. Enjoy. Wake, Wake up. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into today's show. We are rising from the ashes. We as the fire tribe will rise. Awaken our eyes beyond what is seemingly laid upon us. We can extend our consciousness to the further ends of our cosmic understanding. If you enjoy our show and you like the content that we create, make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends. Hello, everybody. Yes, please, please, please do. Also, follow us on Instagram at RFTA Podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at risingft.com. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rising from the Ashes. I'm Danny Naki Dan. Hello, I am the homie Romy. What's up? What's good in the hood, homie? Oh, uh, the hood, the hood. Oh, fleece. <laughs> fleece is good in my hood, man. It feels so good on my ears, baby. It's soft. I'm getting all cozy is because it cold it's starting there or to be what? And no, it's been all right. It's been all right. <laughs> been, I've been hanging in there slightly to the left. All right. Well, in the house tonight, we got Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. What's up, Bo? Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having good me on. Man. Yeah, Hell thanks yeah, for dude. coming on, bro. It's hard to it's hard to get some cryptid people and uh, you know uh, paranormal type stuff going on during uh, October months. Yeah, it's spooky season, right? It's spooky season, man. Returning to the basics of real conspiracy theory. That's what I love. I I hate the politics. I hate the COVID bullshit. I just want to get straight to the good stuff, the fun stuff, the Sasquatch, you know, Batman even, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, you know, aliens, cryptids, skinwalkers. Swamp frogs. I have, <laughs> sure. I got swamp frogs all the time. My girlfriend tells me. <laughs> That's called swamp nuts, brother. No, swamp frog is when you like, uh, you know, when you fart. And then uh, it must be the swamp frogs. I don't know what that oh. was. Oh, what that asshole say about you? Right behind your back, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never, they always say shitty things. Anyway. Bo, Bo man. Yeah, man. How's it going? Tell us about the bump podcast and how you got your start into wanting to research into the cryptid realm and, and then what made you end up starting the podcast? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, the podcast, like you said, the bump podcast bump stands for the believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal. Oh, see, I didn't uh, even know all that. Yeah, yeah that's a little, good. A little acronym. I knew that. A acronym for you. I listened to the um, intros. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always just been into this kind of stuff. You know, I've I've had a few experiences. Um, Ooh, let's I, get into I grew those up later. A, I grew up into a, in a haunted house. You know, and my parents oh, were real nice. open to stuff. Uh, my dad worked for the NSA for a while, and he would. Oh tell me all these UFO stories and stuff. So it, it just all kind of, I grew up with it. You know, I, I just always believed. And, uh, it's just something I just didn't talk about. You know, everybody around here, like I told you about off air, everybody around here has ghost stories or, or, you know, UFO sightings and stuff. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal to me. And, uh, when podcasts got more popular, I was listening to them and stuff. And, uh, then COVID hit, so I got sent home to work last year and had a little bit of downtime. So I just thought I would take a swing at making a podcast myself. A year and a half later, it's booming and I'm loving it. So excellent, man. Yeah, man. That's good. Uh, let's let's get into that haunted house situation, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. What's your what's your earliest uh, paranormal experience that you can you can recall in your life? All right. Well, it's probably nothing crazy. Um, okay. I grew up, you know, 80s kid, dirt poor like everybody else around here. 
and we were allowed to live in this house um, rent free from a family friend. It was this hundred year old house made of stone, lived on a mountainside. And um, several people had died in the home. Um, there was like a delivery man that fell down our steps and died. Um, the original Gosh. owner of the house had died in the house. Um, so, you know, just little things like we would c- come into the living room and the rocking chair would be rocking in full swing, you know, little stuff like that. Wasn't that big of a deal, but my first real good memory was I- I'd be laying in bed at night. And like I said, I'm a little bit older. So I had this eight track player, record player, tape player combo sitting on my dresser. And I'd play a little bit of music, you know, put a tape in when I was going to bed, let music play. Well, when I'm laying there, the music would stop. It would still be on play or whatever, but the music would stop. And I'd get up out of the bed and walk over there. And when I'd get close to it, it would start playing again. And this would go on over and over. Like as soon as I get comfortable, it would stop. And I just, I don't know, because I was a kid, I just looked over there out loud, said, stop messing with my tape player and it started playing again and it never messed up again, you know? So it's just little things like that. Let me know that something was, you know, there's something else going on, you know, something that we need to be more aware of, but nothing bad, nothing bad. I, uh, so you were talking to spirits and sort of talking to spirits back then. I I guess so. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I, I don't, fancy myself any kind of medium or anything, but I just feel uh-huh. like I, I feel like we we live around this stuff and this stuff lives around us. I think we're all just going through life. Um it's like I said before, it it's all real. Um just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. And we just gotta l- learn to live with each other, you know. Yeah. For us yeah, with yeah. them, they don't really give a shit about us, right? <laughs> we had to we had to learn to live with them. Well, they, they seem to want to make themselves known when they want to be known. When there's like there seems to be a specific need to be seen and understood. Like you were like you were saying. I, I learned that actually at a at a younger age too, because I I grew up on this property that was about forty five minutes outside of town. And um it used to be like an old farm, but it wasn't like a really, it wasn't a farmhouse. So it seems like it was just a regular house, but they had big open uh, property because it was just way out in the woods, you know, on like some pasture. And I was maybe around like eight years old and I would see these shadowy white luminescent beings or figures out in the yard. And they were like, look like they were just raking or shoveling and just like kind of doing work. Um, and it was never really aggressive. Um, but I, when there would be things happening, like weird stuff with the lights, if I just shouted out and, and like made myself known to them or made, made them, you know, hear me, then like a lot of times it would stop. So I was like, it's so interesting. You know, what's, what's, what's behind that? What, what are your beliefs? On why, what, what do you, what do you feel is why the reason as to they want to be heard? For me, I'm not hundred percent sure anymore, man. Um, you know, I used to think that some, some of these spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them, they're just kind of stuck in a, like a time loop. You know, they're kind of just there doing their own mm-hmm. thing over and over again, not realizing, or maybe it's just 
like a Tom stamp with the energy, you know, there's nothing really there. We just kind of see this, this energy repeat, yeah. you know, stuck in a, stuck in a loop. But when, when things are intelligent, you know, when there's communication, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know if it's something malevolent, you know, something nefarious trying to get at you and trick you into thinking it's grandma or if it's grandma, I don't know, man. I have no yeah. clue what's going on. Yeah. That's interesting too. Yeah. We talk a lot about that, how, how ghosts are just in ball, like energy, you know, energy. Uh, when you hear a lot of ghost stories or, or haunting type stories, it's usually from some traumatic thing happening to somebody in that area or house, you know, like a war or suicide or some type of murder or something. And that, that seems like their soul, their soul energy almost gets trapped because it doesn't have the time to leave the body. And then that energy gets stuck there, like you said, in like a time loop and it kind of lives there. And so it's particular probably about who comes in contact with it because, you know, some of them he might like, or she might like, or whatever the child might like, but some of them it might not. So maybe it messes with people. It doesn't. And is nice to people. It does. Cause you don't really hear too many stories about, Oh yeah, our ghosts are cool. We just chill and hang out and they turn the lights on for me when I walk in the door and right. make sure all the lights are off and make sure my gas is turned off. If I left it on, you never hear yeah. that. Puts toast in the toaster <laughs> and butters my bread. <laughs> yeah. that would be it sweet. always seems, it always seems to be electricity though, too. There's something with electricity that always, uh, ends up happening, you know, like lights flicker on and off or TVs come on. Um, stuff like that it never seems to be any like real physical i guess there is some physical movement i've heard oh, both said earlier dishes the, flying uh, out of car uh cupboards and rocking chair silverware and oh rocking chair yeah see so yeah i guess that, so i guess it's not all electricity so how do they jump out of that form into that material then i guess that's a good question man I, I guess it's the <laughs> how much energy they have, you know how how much, oh, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, like the kinetic force they can they can generate. I don't know, but it. I believe that electricity is definitely involved. Any kind of electronics, you know, that's that's the most common way that we find things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had stuff go on through my podcast that I couldn't explain. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I've had listeners send me emails or whatever, letting me know that there's EVPs on certain episodes at certain times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I go back and listen to it and it, you know, it's some trippy stuff. Sometimes I've, uh, man, I got a brand new laptop for the show. And on like the second episode that I recorded with it, there was this lady who bought a haunted house so she could conduct paranormal investigations. Uh-huh. And we were talking about it and she's talking about this, you know, this dark energy and stuff. Well, my laptop decided to not work anymore after that interview. Um, I'm, I'm talking like brand new laptop. The speakers went out on it. They didn't just like need an update. They didn't uninstall themselves. There were there were no more speakers. Like there was there was nothing that worked in that laptop again. And we started seeing like you know my wife and kids. You know, start seeing shadows in the corner of the rooms and holy my cabinets. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm like not exaggerating. This is just over the course of the last year and a half. Um, cabinets slamming shut and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, you get cold spots in the house. You start feeling like you're being watched. I had to go through, and I saged the entire house and prayed. And finally, I literally felt it lift away, you know, from from the the room. And uh, it's it's real, man. It's real. Wow. I, I I try to avoid the the dark and demonic stuff as much as I can anymore yeah, on my show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if people want to call and talk about it, we'll do that. But I'll make sure I'm prayed up first. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like there there's power in that, and you got to have some some level of protection. Yeah. Or, or things will invite themselves in when you talk about it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, what what would you say is your most favorite cryptid? What which one of them like really gets your juices going? Oh, for me, it's probably always going to be Sasquatch. You know, it's yeah. Bigfoot. Uh, I know that's probably most people's favorite or it's the most popular, but he's just, to me, that's that's the real, you know, that's the realest. You know, that's, that's the one that you know he's out there. He's just, we're just waiting for, you know, white guys in lab, lab coats to agree with us. How, how many different, uh, I guess, so-called species of Bigfoot are there different uh, differentiations? Yeah. Right? Well, every country seems like they have one for the most part. Um, I don't know how species and subspecies would work um, in the United States. Uh, do you guys listen to Sasquatch Chronicles? Wes Germer? Um, no. Okay. He's got one of the most popular podcasts on the planet when it comes to talking about you know, the unexplained stuff. Um, they kicked around a theory of like at least four different species in the United States, you know, by region. If you go out, you know, to the Pacific Northwest, you've got the Patterson Gimlin style Bigfoot. You know, she's 10 foot tall, four foot wide, thousand pounds, you know, covered mm-hmm. in hair. You go down south, they're a little scrawnier, you know, uh, more aggressive, look more like an, like a monkey. And they do the classic Bigfoot shape. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the, the East Coast. It's a little shorter, about seven foot tall, eight foot tall, more slender, built more like a uh, like a basketball player than okay. a refrigerator. You know, just a little more streamlined, uh, more human features, you know, more Native American type features in the face. Mm. Uh, and then there's one that, I, I'm not sure what region they try to stick this one in, but there's there's one that has a little bit of a muzzle, super aggressive. Um, I think they call it like a gugwee or something like that. It's supposed to be like oh, some really? kind of real angry little bastard. I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah. There, there's like a swamp squatch too, yeah? Yeah, the skunk ape down. Uh, oh, there we go, skunk ape, yep. Yeah, skunk ape down in Florida and Mississippi and all that. Um, again, smaller in stature. More like uh, an orangutan, but aggressive, that kind of thing. And then, uh, like, I I was listening to your show, and I heard somebody say a round-headed one. And I didn't realize that there was, like, round. I thought all of them had, like, that elongated ape-looking skull. So there's, they, they have different other features, too, huh? Like, their skull oh, yeah. shape is different, too. And and then I guess, I guess uh, you got yetis and... Uh, well, they're the, they're the northern kind of Sasquatch, right? The white furred, yeah, like, bottomless, bottomless, no man. 
Yeah, like the Yeti. Oh, man. That's more like Nepal, the Himalayas, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, here, you know, North America to include Canada, you know, when, when you get up through there, it's typically like the uh, Pacific Northwest style, you know, the big, big ones. Mm. It's a, uh, it's pretty common that uh, <clears throat> the belief, or I don't know this, but is, is it common in the Sasquatch circles that they're kind of living more within the mountain ranges because it could connect to a hollow earth and they're more familiar with the, uh, the tunnel systems in the, in the hollow earth. And they got maybe, uh, that's where they reside most of the time or what's your belief on that? Well, um, that's something that I had just spoken with the guy that I haven't even released that episode yet. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people are leaning towards the, you know, the hollow earth theory or the mammoth cave system mm, concept. Yeah. Kentucky. That, uh, you know, that, that's a good place to, to hang. You know, there might be a whole ecosystem out there we don't know about. Uh, that could sustain them. You know, they come out here, do a little hunting party or whatever, and then go back. Um, and mountain ranges, you know, it, it provides a, a good security. You know, if you, even like here in West Virginia, we are completely inside the Appalachian mountains. There are miles and miles where you won't find people. You know, there's, there's no roads to get in between some of these mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever they, whatever wants to live there could live there without having to worry about anything. And, uh, you know, as the seasons go, you know, in the winter months, they could come to lower elevations for warmer weather, you know, in the summer months, they can go up higher elevations for it to cool off a little bit for them. Um, and, you know, follow the migration patterns of the animals and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of good reasons to be in the mountains. So. Oh man, yeah. I had something <laughs> uh what what do you I was oh man what was I going to say All right let me Go pop ahead, back Logan. in here then uh so then there's okay so there's the hollow earth right it, which is there's hollow earth has many 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 rabbit holes to go down but what we all know <laughs> physical explanations that can be explained with mainstream science are in fact that there are massive cave systems all around the world um that are underground and we've uncovered so many buildings underground. Like it's just, it's inevitable that the physical science uh, is there for there being some sort of, you know, caves underground or some sort of hollow earth situation. Now the like more esoteric energetic situation behind what could be hollow earth. Now that's another thing. Cause you know, when talking about Sasquatch, people are saying that this is like a more highly enlightened and conscious being that could mm-hmm. potentially use the, uh, the earth's energetic, like electromagnetic field to potentially, you know, teleport from different cave systems or use places like, um, uh, Stonehenge and, in, in England, or, you know, these old, uh, old ways of using ancient technology. Do you think that, uh, Sasquatches are tapped into that? Or do you think they're more on a primitive side? Well, um, I think that, not to be that guy, but I think they kind of fall in between that. Uh, I can't, I can't understand or explain how you can follow some tracks through the woods, you know, that are 16 inches long and eight inches wide and they just disappear, you know, in the middle of a field. 
no nowhere to go. They just disappear, you know, huh. so that, that yeah. kind of lends to the paranormal or teleportation kind of aspect. But as far as the, uh, the creature or species or race or whatever you want to call it of, of Bigfoot, I think that uh, they're not doing more than what we were intended to do. You know, I think as far as um, they talk about telepathy and mind speak and stuff like that between them or their, their heightened sense of awareness or enlightenment. I think we have those abilities. I think mm-hmm. that we have dumbed ourselves down from those things. Um, yeah. Uh, the foods we eat, all the processed junk oh, that we consume. You're, our, you're getting into our territory now. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I think, I think it, you know, the, the whole pineal gland third eye. Is yeah. Just, I think it, uh, you're on I it. think they have it in full effect and we have, dumbed ourselves down to the point where it seems like magic mm. to us. Yeah. That's a good explanation right there. Have you ever gone squatching yourself? No, not so much. Um, I've, I was on finding Bigfoot for their big, uh, reunion episode that they did. Uh, but, um, it, it wasn't because I'm a, you know, I'm not a field researcher or anything like that. I just, I happen to have a, a slight experience that they thought was kind of squatchy, I guess, <laughs> on a on a hunting trip. So I went on there and I talked about that. But, um, you know, I am a member of a few groups that want to go out and do that stuff. We're just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, everybody's got jobs and kids and, you know, obligations. So it's kind of hard to get things together. But um, there are talks of going out to a couple of areas around here locally where people have said they've seen things or whatever, just to try to check it out for myself. I don't plan on beating on trees or anything like <laughs> that, but you know, I'll go out there and camp out. I don't have no problem with that. I think that would be fun, but I'd, I'd be more for the beer and the conversation than I would be for, you know, trying to go out there yeah. and scream at something that might not be there. So, <laughs> so you said that Bigfoot is kind of more more human like like we have those abilities if we if we weren't so dumbed down and and bigfoot's been around for so long maybe it was a, a offshoot of a homo sapien or some or something like that uh is is that kind of what you stick to of of what bigfoot is it's just a, a a human that hasn't been civilized and has been kind of left free to roam and grow on its own and inhabit the earth or survivors I guess, I mean, of the war. <laughs> Cause I, I usually get away with just saying, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. if, if I was going to, you know, had to, you know, stake a claim on something, you know, join a camp, I think it would be that, you know, it would be uh, not a lesser evolved species of man. It's just its own thing, you know, it, its own race. Um, definitely something more human than, than not I, that's where i'm at with it all yeah so you're not into like the whole like chewbacca way of thinking where it's like an alien from space that's come down and no. you know checking out stuff surveying <laughs> no I, I don't think so uh you know I'll, I'll bring my dad on the show every once in a while and he kind of leans that way yeah. you know he thinks that oh, we okay. were, he thinks we were kind of seated here but okay uh no i fuck with I, that I don't think that, and I could be wrong. I mean, hell, who knows? But I don't think that Bigfoot's an alien. 
Um, mm. I, I don't understand the orb activity that goes along with a lot of these Bigfoot sightings, um, the strange lights yeah. in the woods and stuff like that. No clue, man. But uh, that's just my shot in the dark on it. I, I, I think a lot of the, you know, the, the lights and orbs is just, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a form or manipulation of like the, the atmosphere, like the electromagnetic energy in the atmosphere. And like, mm-hmm. I think when things vibrate on like such a harmonious level, like, you know, we were talking about crop circles a few episodes back and started digging into, you know, this, this scientific mm-hmm. research behind why crop circles exist. And it doesn't have anything to do with aliens coming down. It's, it's because of the earth's energy. Um, they, they, they match up and they create a, a, a resonance or a frequency. And then that shape is formed in the crops. And then the crops um, have a 400 times uh, germination rate and they, they hold you know, hundreds of seeds and they, you know, they're tied in very specific ways. And, uh, then the shape itself is harmonious. So I think it, I personally, I'm like, I think I want, I want Sasquatches to be the kind of like survivor of the Nephilim that for like the years, the years of the the battles and the wars going down, Mm -hmm. like they were kind of like the survivors and like, they're like, they they understand the the just the the wicked ways of that society has turned, and so they just stay the fuck away from it, you know? Right. Yeah, because they understand earth magic and earth and energy, and that that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like they they're just spiritual as fuck, not alien spiritual, like earth earth spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. You can yeah, be right. I'm with, I'm with that too. Like you said, Bigfoot, uh, its tracks sometimes just disappear. Do you have you ever heard any stories of maybe Bigfoots with a, a vehicle? Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe shit. they're jumping on a vehicle or or something, or 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 maybe they're taking off their costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that goes into the, uh, the whole Bigfoot is an alien theory. You know, people swear uh, that you know they they swear that they've seen Bigfoot step in or out of a UFO. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Who knows, man? Uh, either people are good storytellers, or they're they're not lying. You know, maybe we're uh, not. People one, are in fact good storytellers. I will yeah, say though. Yeah, it's a yeah. good skill. <laughs> yeah. One but you, one you thing never, I asked, also thought of when uh, I was watching that Bigfoot uh, Netflix show that was kind of more so about like uh, where they grew pot at in uh, in Humboldt County and stuff like that is maybe like Sasquatch was developed as like a scare tactic to keep people out of the forest. So that way they would be able to, you know, grow those crops there illegally and and people wouldn't be coming looking because, you know, there's a Sasquatch up there and you you don't want to run into one of those things. Yeah. Or it's some, Uh, it's some uh, gorilla growing fucking growers that put a ghillie suit on and they don't want to get tracked going to where they're fucking growing their chronic out in the fucking middle of the woods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that, you know, that kind of stuff accounts for some of it. You know, like when I was a kid, my my grandmother would tell us not to go out at night or the boogeyman will get you. You yeah, know, the boogeyman. same yes, yeah. thing. It, it, everybody just uses their own version of the boogeyman to keep you away from where they don't want you to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
you got got you guys got anything else more to say about Sasquatch or Ray? Is there a uh, is there a, a Sasquatch that is uh, any neon colors? Are there any neon colored Sasquatches? Uh, maybe a uh, one of those Funko Pops. I think they come in a, like a rainbow color or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that yeah, there's some white, there's some albino looking Sasquatch supposedly oh. around Pennsylvania and stuff like that. But, oh no shit! Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I don't think so. Cool. Is there any with small, regular sized feet? <laughs> regular footman. Yeah. <laughs> regular, yeah. <laughs> Extremely small foot. That's right. Um, what are what are some of the other like cool cryptids that you've heard about that maybe not other people really know about or hear about? Uh, I mean, I, I I found that one called the Ninjin. I was watching a show and it's like this whale-like creature with human legs and it's like just like a body of like of some type of like whale. I don't know. It's hard to even describe, but I guess it like comes onto the ice and it's able to walk around on the ice and I guess it's found in really Arctic places. Uh, so and I've never even heard of that one before. Right. Uh, and then when I showed you, you're like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> I've never heard of that either. <laughs> yeah, man. There, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of cryptids that pop up. You know, sometimes just once or twice. But um, you, you'll get things like I actually have uh, not to plug my own show, but I got yep, an interview coming in in a couple of weeks that I did with these ladies uh, from a local news agency. Mm-hmm. Um, they receive stories and accounts and they put together their own little news series about, you know, cryptids in West Virginia and one that got my attention and prompted me to holler at them was we've had recent sightings of this cryptid called the Ogwa or mm. the Ogwa. It's O G U A. And, uh, apparently I had never heard of it, but it's a, uh, it's a cryptid here in West Virginia that is kind of like a, gigantic snapping turtle, like an alligator snapping turtle. But it's like 10 to 20 feet wide and kind of takes up the, you know, half the river when it goes through there. You know, it's just a big wide shell, eight foot long tail kind of slithers through the water and, you know, makes your, your children and the animals disappear when it's around kind of thing. What, what's the Uh, name of this one? It's the Ogwa or Agua. O G U A. Yeah, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I don't know where the name comes from. I don't know if it's like a Native American legend, but um, we had a couple of guys out catfishing here recently that said they had spotted something in the water that they thought was, you know, at first they thought it was a man out there crawling around on the rocks like he had fallen into the river and they shined mm-hmm. their light to go find him and help him out and couldn't find him. And then so many weeks or whatever later they're in the same spot see the same thing going on and this time they get a better look at it they they described it being this this ogwa hmm so, so it, does it have like when we talk about cryptids what what is like the definition that defines what a cryptid is yeah. because this seems like maybe like a prehistoric like turtle what 
Is yeah. there like some type of human quality to these animals or hell, hell, hellish quality to them, I guess? No. Uh, um, or uh, to make it cryptid, is, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, a cryptid animal is just, you know, by definition, like a hidden animal, something that's not been recognized by uh, mainstream okay. science. Gotcha. So kind of like the uh, the panda bear was um, or the silverback gorilla was until like a hundred years ago, it was considered oh. a cryptid because people had seen it. There were accounts of it. There's even some physical evidence maybe of it, but it hasn't been recognized by mainstream science. So it falls under the umbrella of cryptid. Um, it doesn't get a yeah, lot just, of recognition. They just found the Kraken recently too. Yeah, man. A giant yep. squid. For, wait, for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts? Um, I don't know. I think it's in, in the Pacific one. You know, it has eyes the yeah. size of dinner plates, you know, like full yeah. bone cracking. It's about seven. I think it was about 70 feet tentacles. Yeah. Yep. What's up with West Virginia and all the monsters <laughs> in West Virginia? What is up with West Virginia? Coal mines. Yeah. This, this is the home of high strangeness, man. It's, it's just weird here. Um, Southern West Virginia. That's where I live. Was supposedly cursed land, you know. Always, oh, wow. Um, a lot of the ancient Native American tribes, you know, like from the mound builders and the Adena people and all that, uh, the giant races and stuff. Um, they inhabited the area. There's tons of mounds around here that still have those skeletons in them. Um, earlier tribes like the Shawnee and Cherokee. Uh, a lot of them would not inhabit this land permanently. They called it the dark and bloody ground. Um, there's always been stuff here. I don't know. I mean, the Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountain range in the world. Um, mm. They go back like a billion years, I believe. Uh, the Appalachian Mountains, you know, when it, when we were still one major landmass, the Appalachian Mountains uh, ran through Ireland. So a lot of, you know, when the continent separated and stuff, um, the, the mountains of Ireland right now are still part of Appalachia. So really, yeah, uh, that's why we wow. share a lot of folklore with Ireland. Um, a lot of oh, when, really? the, when the, the mass immigration and stuff, um, that's why all of us are Scots Irish to, to an extent yeah. because yeah. It, they, they settled here in the, the foothills of Appalachia. It's, it's just home. Uh, I don't know why it's like it is, but it is, <laughs> you know, there's, there's always has been. That's interesting. I wonder, like, are there any maps that have more like land or islands in between the Appalachians that were like, that there would be rest points in between the travel or like, I'm, I'm wondering how this, this connection ties into like some old because it you know there's a lot of uh celtic art um down in south america you know the spirals and on their stone art and everything so yeah. i'm wondering like that's so interesting mm -hmm. wow that that's a that's a big rabbit hole on so yeah, if the appalachians have been here that long you could maybe maybe america was actually atlantis at some point or something like that or south america to the amazon rainforest that's been uh, created yeah. by humans or, or something. Uh, it was man-made soil there in the Amazon. So 
uh, yeah, maybe that has something to do with it. But I would say like the coal mines in uh, West Virginia and digging holes to dig up the, the minerals in the earth probably connected into other places that they were inhabiting already. And maybe they're able to get out through those, you know, connections of tunnels. Something, you know, that's, I guess that could be a possibility. Um, I worked <laughs> underground in the coal mines for a couple of years. Oh yeah. Uh, we you never, we never tapped into, uh, any caves or anything. No, it was just, uh, yeah. it's just creepy being underground. You know, you, you'll be a, mm-hmm. a mile back beneath the mountain. You'll be below rivers. Um, it's, it's pretty intense, but you find some of the coolest fossils ever <laughs> when you're down there. Have you ever heard of Phil Schneider? Uh, I've heard the name, but I don't know who it is. Uh, he was this guy that worked with the military to help dig, uh, a deep underground military bases, the dumps. Yes, and he got in the he got in the shootout, right? Yeah, he got in the shootout with the Care Bear alien. He said it rubbed its belly and shot a beam at him and and singed his fingers off. Yeah. They call it the Care Bear alien because it's like Care Bear stare, and then it shoots a beam <laughs> from its belly. And but uh, so so he has like and and that story was really interesting for a while, and and then uh, he mysteriously passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Deep underground aliens seems very interesting to me. Have you heard any stories of like weird things like that? Like besides just gremlins and goblins, like alien beings that live on the ground? Uh, I, I have a guy who has his theory on that. Um, but I haven't heard of any like true and you know, encounter stories or anything else. But there's a guy that come on my show before his name is Rob Larson. And, uh, he, he's actually working on a book right now about it, about how, again, the cave systems in middle America are connected to, uh, some underground or ancient lake system. Mm. And, uh, there's around the whole crescent shape of this old water system is high strangeness and you know extraterrestrial sightings and stuff and he thinks that these there's an advanced alien race that uses that cave system and uh you know do their abductions and whatnot from all that hmm. yeah that's interesting because a lot some people especially with the uh invention of flat earth now right. uh they'll say that they don't come from space because space isn't real. So maybe they come from underground or extra territories beyond, you know, our ice wall. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, if they did, we would, I would think hear a lot of stories about that, but it seems to be more like goblins and, uh, weird little creatures more so than like weird alien ones. Yeah, what, if it's a, what if it's what if it's the like the Earth energy manifesting in a, in a form or a shape, like it's like little creatures to yeah. go do some duties. <laughs> that's why they're always dancing. That's why they're always dancing and moving like this because they're just emulating some like inner Earth and vibes. You know, they're just like yeah. doing like yeah. doing like a rain dance or some shit. They just came know? from the inner Earth rave party. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're still listening to the music. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, what about Spring Heeled Jack? <laughs> oh, what's that? That's not, is he, is he, he's not technically a cryptid, is he? Yeah, I have no knowledge about Spring Heeled Jack. I've heard, I've heard of it. But I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Uh, that's somewhere in New England, I think, right? What is- um, it's a English folklore of the Victorian era. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's <laughs> fill us in, fill us in, Roman. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I have here a, a, a literal Wikipedia. Um, that's all I can. Okay, all right, let's do it. In the early 19th century, there were reports of ghosts that stalked the streets of London. These human-like figures were described as pale. It was believed that they stalked and preyed on lone pedestrians. The stories of these figures formed a part of distinct ghost tradition in London, which some writers have argued formed the foundation of the later legend, spring Jack. The most important of these early entities was Hammersmith Ghost, which in 1803 and 1804 reported in Hammersmith was on the western fringes of London. It would later reappear in 1824 another apparition of the southampton ghost was also reported assaulting individuals in the night this particular spirit bore many of the characteristics of spring-heeled jack and was reported jumping over houses and being over 10 feet tall hmm. learn something new every day <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, england's got a lot of crazy shit going on a lot of crop circles in southern england oh, you yeah. know yeah. there's a yeah. lot of lot of esoteric fucking weird occultic shit been going on in england for a long time do you ever hear of people seeing uh dinosaurs no i've just like what you hear on TV or whatever. I don't. I haven't had any personal stories come into me about that yet. Okay. Uh, unless you want to count this Ogwa creature, you know. If it's yeah, a, that seems it's, kind of dinosaurish. Yeah, Komodo dragon too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was a cryptid until somebody with a lab yeah. coat went out there and blessed it as a uh, an animal. They blessed it. <laughs> 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 I looked up a picture of the Ogwa and uh, it's pretty cool, man. Like those, uh, those stegosaurus like shells that they have. Yeah. That's, yeah, just, that's pretty rad, man. They're monstrous. Yeah. I couldn't tell the size of it because the picture that I pulled up, it kind of looked just like a regular size of a turtle, but their shell was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I don't know. But then I started reading about the descriptor, and it was like 30 feet long. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That's real. Yeah. I also was looking up, um, too, because this is really interesting. Um, I had this uh, topic that you brought up about the Appalachian Trail connecting from the Appalachians here in America to Ireland. And then I just did a quick Google search of what I could find. And... Yeah, there's big strides in Ireland, apparently, to reconnect all the Appalachian Trail that goes from, um, you know, from the uh, from Iceland, England, Scotland, Wales, and Denmark, Sweden, all the north, Spain, and Morocco, um, all the way down. And on this website, they were explaining that, you know, it was formed originally when Pangaea was a continent. 
yep. um, you know, when we had our massive hmm. con in. And so that was just so interesting. I was like, wow. Cause there, there must be, if you, and I don't know much about the earth ley lines, like the ley line connection lines, you know, um, and the yep. shapes, but like, there must be resonance between Ireland and, and you guys because of that reason. They're yeah, connected. I, I, I think so too. I think it's a big part of why people settled here. You know, when, you know, they come into Ellis Island, New York, you know, like what the 1920s, you know, is a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the immigration movement. And why would they settle into the hills of West Virginia? I mean, the, the only thing here at the time was, you know, coal mining. There was probably more money and easier money to be made anywhere else in the country. <laughs> but they found their way down in here. And it, I, you know, I guess it felt like home. You know, that's the only thing I could think of. You know, um, I've lived in other parts of the country before, but I always return right back to where I grew up. It's like a, like a magnetism. Man. I don't know how to describe it, but this is like, mm-hmm. it's, there's security here. You know, this just feels right. You know, you vibe with your tribe. I do very much so. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Yeah. I think yeah, that's part fun. of it too. You know, you, you kind of resonate with the, the area you live in because you've grown up in that certain frequency pattern. And, and so when you leave it, it feels like off, like you're missing something, but and that's why people often return to where they grew up because yeah. it feels feels normal comfort you know it's that comfort food it's that chicken fried steak and potatoes yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you're right yeah uh what what other uh types of cryptids out there uh that people don't hear about that are that are fun to say too like uh loveland frogman that's, yeah that's yeah the the loveland frog that's a crazy story i think it was down in uh texas um, I don't know how many times it was encountered. This might be with, a, you know, one of those ones that was just seen two or three times, you know, mm-hmm. but apparently I think the story went like a uh, mom and her son, her young son were driving down the road. Uh, they see something off by the guardrail. So they, they pull over to check out what it is. And it's this four foot tall uh, frog looking humanoid creature with a wand, <laughs> you know, like a Harry oh, Potter weird. wand. Yeah. Like a and shaman. It, yeah. And it breaks loose and jumps over the, the guardrail and down into the swamps or whatever. <laughs> I don't what know. Man. Fuck? Maybe it's the frog prince, man. <laughs> yeah. That, that's definitely one to Google. I think is, uh, <laughs> the love of frog. I did look it up, it. but, yeah, I did look it up. It's kind of like a, there's all kinds of different pictures on it. Uh, I guess like the most one I would, I would just, there's a bunch of pictures of frogs basically looking like they're human. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I get from it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned another frogs. one too from, uh, from California called the Fresno, uh, yeah. Fresno Nightcrawler. Fresno Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one started off. Not too long ago, I think maybe 10, 12 years ago, mm. people uh, spotted it on like uh, surveillance cameras or whatever. And it looks like a pair of, you know, MC Hammer parachute pants walking across <laughs> the yard. 
it's just long legs with like a head on top of it. Yeah. 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 Just a pair of long baggy legs with a head on top. Nothing to script. Um, I don't know what in the world that could be. I think it could be just a really elaborate prank, you know, some, yeah. Uh, California is weird in a different way. I don't know. <laughs> Creepy though. Like I'm looking at pictures and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. weird looking dude. Yeah. Uh, do, does every like state kind of have their own, uh, like state cryptid, you know, Definitely. like their flower and their animal. They have, they each have like their own cryptid. Definitely. You, like, What's the West Virginia cryptid? Oh, well, ours is Mothman. Uh, Mothman, huh? We, oh, we got that we story. got Mothman. Um, we got Mothman, the Flatwoods monster. We have uh, oh, you white got things. Have you heard the Flatwoods monster? No, you haven't. Okay, uh, I thought it was a little bit bigger. Uh, it was on. Uh, if you play video games, I do not, but it was on. Uh, some kind of video game, Fallout. Okay. Kind of Fallout video game, Fallout 76 or something like that. Uh, yeah, the Flatwoods monster really comes down to being an alien in my book. Um, 1952, I think September of 1952, these kids um, saw something firing, streaking through the sky, crash landed to the hills. So... A few of the neighborhood kids, one of the moms, um, and some young guy in the National Guard all decided to go out there and check it out. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the whole thing here. Um, take the, They take their dog with them. They all run up on this hill to go see what this, this crash was. They get there and they see, you know, something burning, maybe, uh, maybe a meteor or maybe a, a ship or something. Something up there is burnt hell dry. And they turn around and in front of them is this creature about 10 foot tall. Its head is shaped like a spade, uh, has these glowing eyes hovering off the ground and is either sitting in some kind of um, mechanical pod or it had some kind of uh, mechanical looking lower body. But it had like this three fingered arms and they reached out, you know, um, scared the kids. Everybody took off running. There's some kind of noxious gas coming off, some kind of oil left behind from the whole thing. Um, hmm. I think the dog died within a couple of days. Um, Sounds like praying from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, the Flatwoods Monster. Um, they, we have a museum in Braxton County, West Virginia, dedicated to it. Uh, it's a really, really popular wow. story. I have a picture of it behind me on the wall. I'm probably blocking it. If you can, yeah, there it is. If you can see that picture. Oh, oh, wow. That's, that's it. That's the Flatwoods monster. Or Braxy. Some people call it Braxy. Oh, okay. Braxy. 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 Yeah. Why Braxy? Because uh, it's Braxton exactly. County. Oh, you just oh, had, okay. uh, you just had like a Braxy type, uh, conference thing didn't you we did they had the braxy bazaar it was celebrating yeah. the uh, 69th anniversary of the whole incident oh okay yeah i, I saw that on your face i was like what's the braxy conference i've never heard of this before yeah so that's that's what that is there you go daniel yep that's All it right. <laughs> <laughs> 
What was the other one you were saying that was after after that? Uh, uh, we have Flatwoods something monster. Called, uh, we have Flatwoods monster. We have Mothman. We had these things called the White Things. I yeah, guess. what's that? Uh, it's a way less popular to me. Um, it's just like this humanoid figure. It's big, bulky, all white, headless. Headless. Yeah, headless shaped creature that you know. I don't know where it comes from, what the story is behind it, really. But maybe that's like, a rip. Maybe that's the remnants of the Fresno one. <laughs> yeah, it's the other half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got to find each other. We got to help. Yeah, out. they got to find each other, man. We need to hook them up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll. Let them meet in Kansas or something. Let them have something for a change. Yeah, it kind of sounds a lot like too, like you know, in Sleepy Hollows, the the headless rider uh, type of thing going on. Yeah, this is supposed to be way bulkier, like uh, Incredible Hulk kind of size. Oh, thing. just no Jesus. head and just, just no head. Yeah. Does it have like? Does it have like the chest face? You know, I think there's been a couple of reports of like eyes in the chest. Um, oh. I don't know if it has like a mouth or anything in there, but that would go back into Krang too, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, a lot of the, have you ever heard of Tartaria? I have. So a lot of the people in the Tartaria world also bring up like these strange creatures and they show pictures of like these weird creatures that people drew back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is like that monster with no head and it has like a chest face. Mm-hmm. It's got like a face in its chest. Oh, and then man. you see other pictures of like, uh, of these human looking people and they have really giant feet, like they're Bigfoot, you know? So I wonder if like, maybe it was like uh, some, something like that too. Like, you know, something parallel to that. Yeah. I so mean, maybe. If, yeah. Yeah. If, if Tartaria is real, you know, and then if there's timelines that, cross each other you know i don't know how all the time space stuff works but who knows what we're getting glimpses of man you know that's why i just i've just started to say it's it's all real <laughs> yeah just you just go with it you know you see something weird yeah it's it you just saw that it's real <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that, yeah i mean absolutely go that, just say yes just say yeah. yes and you'll be happier yeah <laughs> And then uh, let's uh, tell us about Mothman too. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people are familiar with Mothman. It was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, I think it was in 1966 is when that one took place. There was a rash of sightings of this giant bird-like creature. Um, initially, its name was just the bird. But, you know, mm-hmm. newspapers had to sensationalize it a little bit. And Batman had already been taken, so they went with Mothman. Uh, it started off, first sighting that was recorded, I guess there were some people, um, grave workers. You know, they were they were prepping a grave at a cemetery. And they see this giant, brownish, man-looking creature with wings sitting in the tree above them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they noticed it, it just shot vertically, you know, up out of the out of the area. And from there on, people started spotting this creature and seeing it as kind of like, not really anything evil, but it had these giant red eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it had supposedly 
man-like legs, you know, these big, strong, powerful looking legs and these wings that didn't look necessarily big enough to support its frame, but somehow yeah. it still, you know, hover or shoot off vertically. Um, but, you know, if you would read the, the book, Mothman Prophecies by John Keel, Mothman was kind of like a minor portion of what was going on. It was really, it was really like a UFO flap, mm. um, crazy UFO sightings, like the year of 1966 and through part of you know the first half of 1967. And Mothman was just one of the things that was going on. Um, it got real popular, you know, when it was made into a movie and uh, mm. it was, you know, the silver bridge collapse out there in Point Pleasant that happened on like Christmas Eve or a couple of days before Christmas of that year, 1966. A lot of people blamed it on Mothman or say that they saw, you know, this, this creature on the, the rafters or whatever. And that it was like a harbinger of doom. Hmm. Um, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of weirdness, man. But yeah, it, that one also sounds like the New Jersey devil too. Are, are they somewhat similar or what do you know what the difference between those two are? Well, Jersey Devil is uh, it's it's pretty different than than Mothman. It is. Uh, Jersey Devil was supposed to be like a cursed child, like a thirteenth born child or whatever from this oh. woman in, in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, and she put the curse on the kid herself. She said, uh, uh, according to legend, you know, let him be yeah. born like the devil, oh. and so he he comes out with these cloven hoof wing or feet and wings and shoots up the chimney and out of the house. It's just a horrid looking creature. Yeah, interesting. But, yeah, so, uh, you're in uh, West Virginia. Is Ro Roanoke is close near there too? Yeah, yeah. That's it's in Virginia, but yeah, yeah it's 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 not too far away. Yeah. Um, Damn it, Dan. Damn well, it, Dan. Well, Damn it, not Virginia, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> what are What are some of the other uh, states that have uh, their own like cryptid creatures? Do you know, like, oh, Chupacabra would be a good one. That's found in like Mexico, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chupacabra is a good one for Texas, New Mexico, and uh, Southwest in Texas too. Okay, huh? yeah, it's over there. Yeah. Um, if you got Florida, you got the skunk ape or uh, the Florida panther. You know, that that's a pretty popular one. Uh, uh, what's Kentucky, the Florida panther? Just a it, big panther? Yep, just a big just a big panther because I guess there used to be a lot of those in the area. So now it's, you know, supposedly extinct. Oh. They're supposed to be extinct here too, but people see big black cats all the time here. Um. Like Kentucky, they had the yeah. goblins, you know, going back into Hellier and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, they have, yeah. they have the Beast of the LBL out there in the Kentucky Tennessee border. What's Michigan. that? Uh, well, beast. Uh, yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> they, uh, there's supposedly there's a there's a big area called the Land Between the Lakes. It's kind of like a campground between a lake in Kentucky and a lake in Tennessee, and it's shared land. And okay. several years ago, not too long ago, like in the eighties, maybe nineties, there was a family that was absolutely massacred out there. Um, oh, yeah, it, it was really gruesome. They found the daughter up in a tree, I think. 
Oh man. Um, the the mom and dad were torn apart inside their camper, and there's no real explanation for it. Um, yeah. But there, it's supposed to be like a dogman creature, um, werewolf type thing, I guess, out there. Which is also Wisconsin and Michigan. You know, they had the dog man and the beast of the beast of Bray Road, same kind of monsters. Um, yeah, most states they have something. Yeah, interesting. What uh, we just had uh, Dean Reiner from the Up It's Down podcast on, and he's had an encounter with Dogman himself. Yeah. And uh, he, so he told his Dogman story on our podcast. Um, he's been on a, a few other ones telling the same story and his own. Um, it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, he said after he saw it, his life changed and he uh, kind of quit his job and he moved out into like a nice wooded area and uh, kind of restarted him, his uh, life again. And so the way he described it to me, it, it made it sound like Dogman wasn't necessarily an evil thing, but it was a premonition to him, like, of you need to take charge of your own life. And it's interesting in the fact that that's what he did do was he, you know, changed his life up and took control of his life instead of uh, going with the mainstream. Uh, so check that episode out, yeah, so that's kind of what I got out of out of his Dogman story. But I've heard a lot of other people talk about Dogman as a like scary, yeah. like uh, you know, overbearing type presence. Yeah, and uh, he, he he mentioned it a little bit, but he said it didn't say anything to him. It just looked at him and that, yeah. and then left. Let's see, um, um, there's another podcast. I guess there's millions of them, but. Uh, there's a show called from the shadows podcast. And one of the hosts is a judge and uh, he has a dog man story that happened to him when he was in like high school where it chased him um, through this cornfield and he wound up jumping and like jumping a neighbor's fence and jumping into their pool to get away from it and all that. Um, yeah. It was not anything, uh, good <laughs> you know that happened to him but yeah, yeah. I, I get into listening to these dogman stories i have a hard time believing in werewolves but oh, yeah. i do well, i do believe in demons you know and okay. uh, i i think that there's some kind of spiritual connection um because it seems like they just come out to scare the piss out of you and feed off that negative energy you know um, yeah i don't know yeah, man. Uh, what? Uh, speaking of the dinosaur ones, Loch Ness monster. Yeah, man. You think that's a real thing, or you think that's bullshit? I hope it's real. <laughs> I think it's cool, man. Because uh, that seems like a a prehistoric animal. If it, yeah. if if it's real, then it seems like it was like a large uh, water brontosaurus or something, or people say uh, a lapidus, like in Pokemon. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what it looks like. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I I think it's it's interesting that it's in a lake, though. You know, rather than yeah. um, the ocean. Well, 
it, it is it completely landlocked or is there are there channels for it to get to a larger body i think there is a channel like way deep underneath uh yeah. that lake that it does connect to the ocean yeah because it so. just looks so much like you know like you said like a dinosaur like a plesiosaur yeah like yeah source with fins you know uh-huh. it looks just like those pictures uh, or those depictions and skeletal remains of, of a plesiosaur i've always yeah. just assumed that was real that there is a a population of animals out there in the ocean that we don't know anything about and they can go wherever they want. I'd always just hope that those are real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also like, uh, Oh man, we're, Oh, the, the whole Loch Ness monster thing has a, like a connection to Crowley too. Have you heard that before? I have not heard that. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it has something to do with him. Uh, he lived in a house near the lake, um, and he was doing like uh, seances and trying to call up something, and uh, this Loch Ness monster showed up shortly after uh, after all that had happened. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know the full story in details, but yeah, check out the connection of Crowley and Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, um, we'll do, man. Yeah, because it's pretty interesting. It seems like maybe he summons something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of the last ones, uh, the Montauk Monster. Have you heard this one and seen I that? Have. I have. That yeah, gets, man. That gets kind of conspiratorial, too. You know, it. That right, he, well, because Montauk is like this, you know, uh, place where they think some people believe that they're altering humans or you know doing human experiments and something got loose and i guess in montauk there's been more than just the montauk monster there's been other things that have washed ashore that look pretty weird kind of like the simpsons river with the three-eyed fish and you know like you get a lot of weird stuff coming around in there yeah uh what's your thoughts on on that whole thing you know i believe it i believe that they do some kind of animal testing out there or genetic testing out there yeah you know for things to wash up with their arms and legs bound together and you know have a dog body and a beak like a like an owl or something yeah i I think it's kind of weird man (laughs) i think uh (laughs) super weird yeah i believe Uh, so so to tie all this like new age uh, cryptid sightings in to like make it more have a bigger base, I guess, a bigger foundation. You see a lot of these monsters and these cryptids that pop up to in ancient history, mm-hmm. right? You see like the dog man, right? Because there's yep. the dog, it was like, uh, uh, one I forget which god it was in Egypt, but he came to Egypt with all his dog-headed people. His yeah, followers Anubis. were all dog-headed. Yeah, was it Anubis that yeah. came there like that? And so, I think Anubis was just one of the dog-headed creatures, but there was like a whole uh, oh. bunch of them. Uh, and so you you see like this whole dog-headed thing, and part of me wonders if maybe that's like you know how. Uh, some of these pagans would wear like the pelts of animals 
mm-hmm. of bears and of wolves if maybe that has maybe something to do with the idea of that in the ancient times but maybe what we're seeing now is the spiritual remnants of these people from those times yep. uh, and and that's you know that's where the whole energy thing and everything else comes in for me is maybe these are the spiritual en- energies that were uh, are still around that you know have since perished and yeah. uh, and that's what we're catching glimpses of and even see wolfman or the werewolf has a connection with the moon too and that has then you can get into witchcraft and paganism with that whole theory and and everything like that so uh it it feels like a lot of these stories have their base in ancient history also they do and i think there's a reason i think it's because it's all real (laughs) i think (laughs) I, I believe all those old stories. Uh, yeah, I didn't used you know used to. I didn't believe that stuff. I thought you know, guys, okay, mythology. Mm-hmm. But the more I hear and the more I read about it, I, I honestly believe that all these things exist or existed. Um, to to go on further with Dogman, uh, I know we're probably short on time, but real quick to go on more with the Dogman stuff, I believe it was Marco Polo that discovered a whole island of people that he traded with that he described as being dog headed people that even had their own language of barks and whimpers. Oh, weird. Um, St. Christopher was Uh originally depicted with a dog head. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, he was a giant of a man. They said he was like seven, eight feet tall. Um, led people, the 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 picture of him on the medallion or whatever like he's leading a child across water or whatever is because he was so big he could walk through the river to take the, the child to the other side but wow. yeah he was he was one of this dog-headed race um, yeah, i've never and, heard that before i'm gonna look into that saint christopher yes dog, yeah, yeah. You, you can find pictures all over the internet of him well, with the dog he- head I used to wear a St. Christopher that uh, my dad had mm-hmm. uh, and my dad passed away when I was 12. So I, uh, I, w- I would wear some of his jewelry and stuff that he had, Yeah, man, for sure. but it, the St. Christopher, I remember it was, uh, if you wore it, it was for protection. It was yes. to protect you from yes. evil spirits, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's it's for that's protection. A, that's interesting. Um, I never heard that story before. That's really cool. Uh, that takes me off my concentration. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to hit you up uh, about uh, the whole idea of Bigfoot, too, and uh, the story of Gilgamesh. Have you heard that story? Yep. Yeah, so it's like the 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 wooded man, the man that came, the hairy, yeah, tall, giant, yeah, Enkidu, that came out of the forest, was tempted yeah. by a woman and then became civilized. Yeah. And uh, I, I wonder if maybe, uh, you know, we hear stories of Bigfoot or Sasquatch being attracted to women and liking women and uh, kind of showing themselves when yeah. women are present. Yeah, very uh, much so. Very much yeah, so. You have some stories of, of that happening in your... Yeah, and uh, one more recently was... Uh, a story out of Australia with their Yowie. Um, 
I had a guy come on my show and he was talking his story about it. His, uh, his wife was part of his, you know, their research party. And as soon as she was off to herself, lo and behold, yeah, we steps up face to face with her. And, uh, you know, she freaks out and runs back to the, the rest of the party. But yeah, that's a, a pretty common thing. It seems like they're attracted to the women, just like, uh, tied into the Nephilim and all that. They were, the, oh, the, yeah. the, the watchers were attracted to, to women, right? They come down and, yeah. and have big giant babies. And, um, I think that's how a lot of this is all connected. You know, the corruption of the bloodlines that you bring, it ties it all together. All these monsters of old, all these, uh, pagan gods. I think it's all offspring of, of that, of, of the, the Nephilim and the watchers. Interesting. Uh, we're going to have Gary Wayne on the show later yes. this month. Yes. And we're going to, we're going to really get deep into the Nephilim and stuff. Uh, I'm talking to Adam Stokes about the giants. So I'm sure we'll be having some Nephilim conversations there also. And, um, uh, yeah, dude, I get really deep into the Bible and to the Nephilim story. Yeah, me too. And, and and what I think it is 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 far different. I hit up Blurry Creatures to try to get onto their show to teach them a few things. I love those guys to to learn them something. Yeah, but uh, they they don't they didn't respond to me. They don't they didn't want to talk to me. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, it's it's a it's a lot. Uh, but I, I follow this thing called the Box Saga, and and through that whole history of of these North people, uh, they describe what Atlantis is, who the angels are, and pretty much all that prehistory that we are unaware of. And when, once you learn all that, it it kind of makes all the pieces fit. Uh, I'm still I kind of use this podcast to try to decipher some of that and see if we can you know. Uh, knock some of those things out if yeah. they're true or not true you know to try to make sense of it you know is it just a big bullshit story or is does it have some actual truth to it and so we kind of look at that and and view history through that perspective and see if it does make sense and a lot of the things start to make sense and when you look at the nephilim story you have these titans these bigger huge men Mm-hmm. That came down. They had sex with human women yeah. or indigenous women or, you know, women, you know, of that area. And then they had Nephilim babies. So these babies were the Nephilim. These were like mid-sized giants, not bigger, taller ones. Dimmy I kind of feel like giants were maybe, you know, 12 to 14 feet and these Nephilim were maybe about seven to 12, you know, in that range, if that. So I know they found a lot of burials of giants being in, in that 10 plus range, uh, the Americas. And so it's very interesting to me, that whole Nephilim story. And then when it connects into Gilgamesh and how they brought Enkidu out, he seems very, uh, See, I don't know if he's very much Nephilim. He seems like a natural person of the earth. And that's why I, I don't know it, if I would go with Nephilim as Bigfoot, because it seems like Nephilim were the offspring of 
these human women and these uh, angelic creatures, mm-hmm. whatever you could say, and they their offspring were Nephilim. So uh, unless they retreated, but it seems like they were big, strong, powerful men, like Samson was one of these, and um, there's a lot of, you know, sub-deities or, uh, you know, Apollo, all of those gods of uh of Greece were all, um, what'd you call them? Uh, they're men of renown yes. or that was the other word though. Uh, sub something. I forget. Um, demigods. <laughs> yeah. Demigods. There you go. That's the word yep. I was looking for. Yep. Uh, there's another podcast called Grimerica and they had this woman on, uh, I think her name is Ashley Veenstra. Have you ever heard of her? I have not heard of her. Uh, well, I would go check out their show with Ashley. And she describes, she's like this fitness uh, person. So she doesn't really have anything to do with Bigfoots. But she apparently goes Bigfoot hunting, or not hunting, but Bigfoot squatching, I guess you could say. Right. And up in Canada. And she has some pretty interesting stories of her contacts with these Bigfoot and how much they like her and they come around here and come near her and she feeds them chocolates and they eat the chocolates that she, she gives them. She like lays them out on the ground and then she like walks away and they come out and they eat them. Yeah. I'll check that out. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, man. And she, she tried different chocolates with like different things in them to see what types of different things that they liked and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. I have yeah. a guy here in West Virginia that says that, you know, the Bigfoot on his property prefer one type of apple to the other. Yeah. So, There's a thing with berries too, right? Like yep. what's up with the berries? I don't know, man. You know, I guess they can be picky just like we can, you know, is it a certain kind of berry that they're picking too? Is it, do you know? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a blueberry over a raspberry or what. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they definitely they seem, seem to, to have preferences. So. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Huh. All right, man. Well, uh Oh, I wanted to get into that story from uh from your podcast of the guy in the haunted house. What was his name? Uh the most recent one? Yeah. Yeah, the uh the series is Dark Holler that he's producing. His Holler. name is Ward Honey. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. It's like uh, it, it does go along the same vibe as Hellier, but it's uh, not like trying to conjure an ancient deity. They're they're trying to solve this mystery. So yeah, it's what's super interesting about it to me was the bear, the wolf, and the goat headed man of of these entities that they were seeing. And that just screams like pagan, you know, things to me. Yes. And uh, definitely like motifs uh, that would suggest these pagan people being there or witchcraft or, of some sort. And uh, so I find that very interesting. Well, there's definitely uh, witchcraft of some sort. They, uh, at one point, they talk about, you know, uh, the altars that they build up in the hills and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah, with burn yeah. offerings and the whole nine yards, man. Yeah, 
So it seems like maybe they're even summoning stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're aware of it. Uh, yeah. Oh um, wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah, part two comes out. I don't know when this is going to be released, but part two comes out on the thirteenth. And uh, they we talk a little bit about Lilith. You know, that's that's who uh-huh. that's who they they were intending to communicate or yeah. have dealings with. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty well. All right. Well, tell the good people where they can find you at, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It's the bump podcast. You can find me anywhere. You listen to podcasts. I'm everywhere. Thankfully. Um, I have tried to increase my YouTube presence. So I'll put all the video interviews, um, from season two. They're all available to anybody on YouTube. Um, so you can go check it out. If you'd rather watch it than listen to it, it's right there. Uh, I have a Patreon that, you know, I don't know if you guys mess with Patreon or not, but I got like eight. No, members. <laughs> I got like eight <laughs> People want to hear it, but they don't want to pay to hear it. You know, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'll put it yeah. out anyway. But yeah, I got Patreon out there. Uh, got a small, small presence on TikTok. Uh, what else? Instagram, Facebook, and all the usual social medias. Um, just the bump podcast, B U M P. You can find it. Just got to look for it. Google it. Uh, got the bump podcast.com. If you want to go on there, look for some merch. You want to find past episodes. They're all on there too. So I'll try to make it easy. You got some good cryptid merch on there. I got a little bit, a little bit of uh, cryptid merch. Um, (laughs) A little bit of Mothman and Bigfoot and Flatwoods monster. I, my wife pointed out to me that I, for some reason I just keep doing West Virginia cryptids. I need to branch out. So maybe I'll do some Fresno Nightcrawler stuff. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should do you should do uh, one for every state, man. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be and great. Just put the bump podcast on it, you know, and then and then put like you know, Florida Swamp Monster or you know, the Jersey Devil or whatever. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool, man. Uh, I wonder if there's like flat monsters. See the flat, the flat, the flat woods monster would fit in with flat earth, right? <laughs> the flat earth monster. I think that's David Weiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Right on, man. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Bo. Uh, Roman lost connection because he's out in the boonies himself and uh, he froze up. So he's uh he was MIA for this last little part. But uh, we'll catch him on the intro. So have a good one. You too, brother. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And wake up.